2: Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
3: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. Part two of the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis, podcast producer. Dave Schofield, the other co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Don't forget BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Is the mothership of all our, of our podcasts, and therefore, check out behindthesteelcurtain.com for our written content. I believe every single podcaster is also a contributor to the website, even Big Bro Sco during the season. He does our knee jerk reaction article. So make sure you check out behindthesteelcurtain.com, and obviously, wherever you get your podcasts, doesn't matter where, search Steelers or behind the steel curtain, you'll find us. Subscribe, follow so that you don't miss a thing let's talk about this news that we didn't talk about because really no news is still news with the pittsburgh steelers it was reported by brooke Pryor via jeremy fowler of espn that this week and there is still time this is recorded on thursday night this could happen on friday i don't think it's going to happen but it could that ben roethlisberger is supposed to meet with the steelers to talk about the upcoming season that we know 41 million dollar cap hit we know Ben wants to come back. We know Art Rooney wants him to come back. Ben says, I'll play for free. Not really free, but I'll play for as little as possible. Art Rooney says, we're going to have to figure out something with the money. It seems like everything's honky-dory. Yet, they had to take some time apart before they met. And now they're planning to meet, but they haven't met yet. If they have, it has not been made public. Now, this is this comes down to money. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. It comes down to money. Ben Roethlisberger has made well over $250 million in his career, and it's going to come down to how are we going to work this out? Is it going to be an extension? But, Dave, this is something I know you wanted to talk about. Ben Roethlisberger is like the linchpin for this whole offseason because right now the salary cap is projected to dip from 198 down to 180. 180 was the last number I saw. Some are saying it could go up to 185. It cannot go below 175. But 180 is the last number I've seen. But even with that, Roethlisberger and what they do with him is the biggest factor. So a lot of people in our first segment were saying, well, we're just going to cut all these guys. Well, if you have your quarterback accounting for $41 million towards the cap, and that that's a problem, if it even goes down to 180. So, Dave, go ahead and talk about that for a little bit.
1: Um. Am I talking about the salary cap? <laughs> it, could where, be how, it. it could be okay. how
3: Ben Roethlisberger is such a big part of this okay. offseason. What well, they do they in with with the
1: with the salary cap number. And, I, and I, I do want to throw something out there. And I know some people who are. Yeah. I know Matty P, our our cap room specialist. I actually remember the name of the show this time. I knew it was a salary cap show. I just couldn't remember what it, what the name of the show was. Um, the cap. He's, room. He yep. The cap room. He's frustrated that there. He's like. Just say what the number is. Just say what the number is. I think there's a reason that they're not. And Brian said he was fascinated by this. There's nothing on the NFL schedule past the NFL draft. There's nothing. Nothing is set in stone. They have to uh, work out things with the NFLPA. I think this has everything to do with the 17-game season, the new TV contracts, and everything else because – the players don't want the salary cap to go down because they're going to make less money. End of story. But if they can work out a deal to not lower the cap this year and have the, knowing that they're going to have the jump next year because of the new TV contracts and they absorb that jump into that year, that's something that, isn't beyond the realm of possibility. There could be anything going on with that. And that's why they're not setting the cap number. In my estimation, I could be way off there. That's just the way my mind works. Now back to Ben Roethlisberger. We know $22.25 million is counting on the 2020 salary cap. Even if Ben says in the next five minutes, I'm done, I'm retiring. End of story. You can't push it anymore. That was they, and this was the Steelers fault, not Ben's fault. The Steelers chose to push Ben's money off to this year. They restructured it last year to save $10 million on last year's cap. And now it's coming due now. That's the choice they made. They have to live with it. Now the 19 million in salary is what they have to decide. That's 15 million in a signing bonus due the third day of the league year. I'd said before about March 20th, I guess technically it's March 19th because I guess the 17th is day one. Um, so really it would be like 48. Anyway, you can get into all that craziness and then $4 million base salary. It's not like you can do a Drew Brees thing with Ben because he's on the last year of his deal. There's no reason for him to save his retirement until June 1st to spread it out in the future years because he has no future years. It's just kind of how the numbers are. You've got to decide what you want to do with Ben. Are you wanting to push some of that money into the future, even if he's not playing in the future, just in order to spread it out? It's the domino that's going to cause everything. It's that one domino that's going to branch out into everything. Because when you talk about what Ben does, you're talking about what's Pouncey going to do, possibly what DeCastro is going to do, possibly then how Al feels, although we already talked about him probably not being back. Then you want to talk about which, what are you wanting to save versus what you're wanting to move on and rebuild if it's not Ben. Everything that's happening with the Steelers for 2021 revolves around what what happens with Ben
3: Roethlisberger's contract. That's true.
1: Sorry, I Bron- just went on a rant. No, no sounded, it's okay.
3: Shout No. <laughs> Brian, so the, the fact that the Steelers haven't met with Ben Roethlisberger, at least not publicly, that they've made it known public, they've is met. that a. You think they've met? <laughs> yes, they've met. They have no reason to leak this. Well, they would have leaked it they no. always leak it nah. they always do yeah nope. yes yes jerry dulac would have said sources tell me ben roethlisberger and the steelers met this week that's all they'd have to say and then sites like Behind the steel curtain and all the others would <laughs> just be like, do 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 we're typing this story now so i mean brian what are your thoughts if they haven't met is it a big deal not yet. This is a game of dominoes,
0: but my sources do say that Ben, Kevin Colbert, the Rooneys, and Mike Tomlin all met at an Arby's last <laughs> week in Sewickley, and they uh, they they worked
1: so this on that one huh? over a
0: beef and cheddar. <laughs> you know, um, you know, what at first glance, it kind of looks like all right. Is this a problem? But no, I mentioned dominoes. Everything's got to be in place until the, i don't think they can they can talk to ben ben can say hey i want to come back but how many times have you heard ben say oh maybe it's time for me to take my ball and go home maybe i uh, maybe uh, i just don't have it anymore maybe this uh, this cowboys t- i mean gosh time to hang it up i mean he he said all that stuff over the past few years you knew he you knew it was lip service because that's what he's going to say If Ben's going to take, I mean, Ben's going to take the blame for everything. If something happens that you find asbestos in the Heinz Field locker room, Ben's going to take the blame for it and say that he should have played better and there would be no asbestos. I know that doesn't make any sense, but that's what Ben does. But is it really going to be true? Of course he's going to say that. Then his agent, Ryan Tolner, comes out and says, yes, Ben's willing to take less money if. Oh, wait, now there's a big if, if guys like Mark, if that money goes to Marquise Pouncey, if it goes to guys like that to keep around. So it becomes more of a deal when you throw an if in the game. So that changes everything too. Is Ben ultimately going to take less money and not get his way? No, he's, he's not. He might say it now, but when it comes down to his business and the team's business, if it doesn't meet in the middle, it's not going to happen on either side, but they can't make those decisions until the dominoes fall. And that domino right now is the salary cap. If you're thinking that you're going to get any kind of inclination on guys like Pouncey, Villanueva, or Ben Roethlisberger right now, I you got about at least 30 days to to just stew on it because it's not going to happen.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal if they meet or not, but the, the clock is ticking. Like Dave said, that's that. that there comes a point, and yeah, a lot of times negotiations don't really get started until you're getting down to crunch time. Um, but real quick before we go on to the next topic, what does your gut tell you about how they handle this Roethlisberger situation? Dave, we'll start with you.
1: I thought they were going to do an extension when they did it with him a couple of years ago. I thought they were going to to renegotiate his contract uh, last season when they did. So, but every time they've done it, they've done it for more than I expected. So my gut tells me I would love to say just take the 19 million, give him the 1.075 million base salary for this year, turn the other 18 million roughly. In into a signing bonus for three years S- that keeps 6 million of that plus the other million on the books. You're saving $12 million off this year. And then if he retires after this, all 12 comes due next year rather than six and six. And that's what I would think. But for some reason, I have a feeling it's going to end up being more money than what I expected. So we'll see.
3: What about you, Brian? How does this play out in your opinion? In my opinion, they find
0: a way to bring him back. I, I like what Dave's saying. Um, I, I like in theory everything Dave's saying. I don't think it's gonna happen that way. When Dave has that gut feeling that it's gonna be more, yeah, they're gonna overpay him and they're going to screw the pooch for later years. So sometimes you just gotta rip off that band-aid and say, all right, we can't we can't let this keep scabbing. We, we just gotta go and that's what's happening. I mean, it's, I love Ben Roethlisberger. My great memories of the last 17 years have been fantastic. I mean, he helped rejuvenate my love for the Steelers. There's two rings. There could have been another one. There's three trips to the Super Bowl, but there's a time where we talk about kicking the can down the road. If you sign a deal and it it still is going to hinder some things there's going to be some dead money that's going to hurt in 22 and 23 then something's going to happen that if you don't just draw the line it's it's not going to save you you're still going to be in peril and ben's going to stick around i heard somebody say that if you give ben um one of those uh mysterious uh phantom deals that say okay you're going to just play here and then we'll uh, we'll make it look like three or four years or something like that, but you'll only be paying this. He'll be like, no, I've got a contract. He's sticking around. I made that joke a couple of weeks ago about your college buddy eating cereal, Googling at your wife, your Netflix account, uh, wearing a robe on your couch. That's Ben. Ben's going to stick around as long as you let him stick around. If you think Ben wants to retire, no. He's, you know what? He's that fraternity brother in college that's 27, graduated four years years ago and, and keeps coming back to parties and hitting on all the freshmen. That's who he is. He's not going away.
1: Don't know if I like that analogy when it comes to one BTR.
3: Um, <laughs> Specific. Oh, yeah. That's but I know probably not in the best taste. Yeah. And that's
1: not <laughs> what I meant. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to ask Jeff a question. Sure. Would you rather have 22 and a quarter million dollars counting towards the salary cap with no Ben Roethlisberger or 29 and a quarter million dollars counting towards the salary cap with Ben Roethlisberger. Because that's what it ultimately comes down to.
3: That's a no brainer. I mean, you would want Ben. I mean, because, you know, anything. You you don't want
1: Ben Roethlisberger for 41 and a quarter. I don't know. No, you don't. So. That's what it, that's what it really comes down to. And I'm like, well, if you can get that number down and then I know Jeff would like to trade up and draft the quarterback, but I'm like, if you're also, if you're going to stick around with Ben Roethlisberger, then that means you're really trying to make the run now. And that's why I don't think their top draft pick goes to someone that's not going to play unless it's not Ben Roethlisberger. So it changes everything they're going to do. If Ben, if Ben comes back or not, everything.
3: You got that right. And Mark Tobin earlier in the live chat asked, "When will they? When will we know about the salary cap number?" And they, they literally, the rumors are, the sources coming out is are saying, 100% honesty, they might not know until about the week of the new league year, if not a couple of days before.
1: Now I'm sure for what for the reason I said earlier, I still say. Right, they're still the trying TV to fight deals and stuff. to yeah. make it higher, and I don't blame them. And if they can fight to make it higher without announcing it, fight to make it higher because that's better for everybody.
3: Yeah. All right, Dave, you have some trivia, right? I do. I do have some trivia. Let's do it. Okay. Well, actually,
1: I actually have two trivia questions, and both of them are based on articles that I have that will be possibly run tomorrow. They'll be available to run tomorrow unless we get all this crazy Ben Roethlisberger news and end up having to bump everything back. Yeah. Um, the one article I wrote was was one that uh, I've been wanting to, to write for a while, but I thought maybe I was crazy. But then I saw enough, enough other sources – say the same thing that I didn't feel like I was crazy because my former favorite player has been tied to maybe he'll come back to the Steelers. And that is one, Kelvin Beecham. So I have an article about that tomorrow. The question is, Kelvin Beecham was the left tackle before Alejandro Villanueva. Who's the last person to start at left tackle Who wasn't named Kelvin Beecham or Alejandro Villanueva? And when was it?
3: Did he ask this last week, Brian? Didn't you get it right? No, I
1: asked who played a snap at left tackle. Now I'm asking who started a game.
3: Oh. Was it Gerald Hawkins? Oh, it was
1: way before Gerald (laughs) Hawkins. And the answer Uh, last
3: week was was Chris
1: Hubbard. Chris Hubbard. I'm going to go with Chris
3: Scott
0: or Jonathan Scott. One of the Scots,
3: Jonathan Scott. Gosh, I remember him. He's like a turnstile. Uh, uh, I'll go with his I, answer. I could give you a good hint to say, Oh no, it was
1: worse.
0: Barrett Brooks. <laughs> <I>
1: mean, <laughs> it was the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers
3: <laughs> Flo L Adams played
1: a game
3: outside of the country. All uh, right, it says 2013. 2013. In London. In London. Minnesota Vikings. Against the Minnesota Vikings. Greg Jennings the, ran all over them.
1: The him. other starters for that game was right tackle Marcus Gilbert, right guard David DeCastro, center Brian. Oh, Fernando Velasco. Fernando Velasco. I left him. guard. Yeah, <laughs> le- left guard Ramon Foster and left tackle? Mike Adams.
3: Mike, oh, Adams. Mike <laughs> Adams. Oh, the guy that smoked weed before the combine in the Steelers. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: And and now it's funny because Adams actually got the start the next week when they benched him and put Beacham in, but he got it as the jumbo tight end they switched him out to be the jumbo tight end he was out there the first snap so he still technically started in week five but it was not at left tackle well
3: quick so quick sidebar from mike adams i'll never forget a game Mm -hmm. in oakland where he played and he was the tackle eligible and they actually had him running pass routes and there was a video of the all 22 i forgot i saw it on twitter it's hysterical you see this giant Mm -hmm. man literally running like an out route (laughs) On a pass play, like there's any chance they're gonna throw him the football. It wasn't a goal line play, by the way, either. It was like middle of the field. All right, what's your second?
1: People got it in the live chat. I know Thaddeus brought it up. He got it in the live chat. I'm glad you guys didn't cheat. But that was not my other trivia. My other trivia was from an article I was writing, and I put and and when I started it in our in where we write our articles, the title of the article I have to say was an article Jeff O'Brien Can't Read Without Ruining Thursday Night's Trivia. Uh, That's what I called it, uh, because I couldn't put the title there. And we didn't. And you guys didn't. Okay. The 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers draft class. That did something pretty unusual. It was the... Well, first of all, Jeff knows several of these things. But the article about tomorrow is they are... The, the only draft class by the Pittsburgh Steelers where every rookie played in a game. Not only that, they are the last draft class that actually had every player play for the Steelers at all, not even just in their rookie year. That the Steelers have never had a draft where every player played ended up playing a regular season game for the Steelers. When's the last time the Steelers had a draft where every player even played in the NFL?
3: Hmm.
1: Meaning every player went on to play at least one game, got registered for playing one game in the NFL with somebody.
3: it's funny because I was reading your article today, the 2007, where are they now? Basically? Like, where mm-hmm. are they now? What happened to the 2007 draft class? And there's always that one player that you're like, Oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. That was Dallas Baker in that draft class. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, Dallas Baker. I forgot all about it. Brian's figuring it up. What do you think there, Brian?
0: Um, I'm looking,
3: I'm wondering if it's the 2009 draft
0: class because I know Craig Erbick, but I don't know who, who was later on in that season. And for some reason, I'm remembering a guy, it might have been 2012 or 13 when Wesley Johnson ended up with the Jets, but I don't have an answer. I guess, two, probably wrong, I'm just going to just say my gut, I'm going to say 2009.
1: You're, okay, Jeff, you want to say anything, or are you, like, on, no, I ahead. can't even do. Your 2009 guess is actually very good, because every player in the 2009 draft did play in the NFL. At least one game, it just wasn't the most recent one.
3: 2017.
1: Okay. <laughs> Good guess. But Brian actually mentioned the number, this other number, the most recent one as well.
0: Was it the one with Wesley Johnson on it?
1: It did not have Wesley Johnson, okay. but you did, but you did say this number. 13, I guess. It was actually 2012. 12, okay. With David DeCastro and Mike Adams. Uh, Mike Adams. Okay, and um, and what's crazy is uh, almost all these guys played for the Steelers. Um, technically, Alamada Tamu Ta- 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 never technically played a game with the Steelers because he was on the team, but he didn't appear in a game and he got cut and played with somebody else.
2: He got but, in trouble. Uh,
1: yes, because of the trouble. But every single player in that draft did play in the NFL. That is not true for all the drafts ever since until you hit the 2020. So that 2020 draft class, that's what my article is about tomorrow. I was like, they're already historic because the Steelers have never had a draft. Well, remember, when you go way back, you're talking like 17 rounds of the draft. There were some that were really close, that were really close, that all of them played, but a couple guys never actually played for the Steelers. So this is the first draft class in history where every player was drafted by the Steelers, Played for the Steelers, unless something happens where Sutton Smith makes a return and plays a game for the Steelers, <laughs> oh, or and, and 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 call it Hoba. You know, oh,
3: 2016, call <laughs> it oh, no, Hoba. But, but
1: Hoba was also with Joshua Frazier, and he already retired
3: uh after playing right, no was, NFL games. He was 2019 draft. Was that 2019? No, he Hoba? was Hoba. And what was, year was that? Uh 18, right? 18 or 19? No, that it was, was, it six, I think it was like 17. It was a six-round pick from Louisville. Colin Holbaugh yeah. was watching the draft with his buddies. Didn't even think he was ever going to get a call. I um, think it nope. was 17.
1: Well, <laughs> at least they didn't trade up for him like one fourth-round punter from the class of 2007 that
3: I Hey, would have been a good if, it, if his ACLs weren't made of, like, scotch tape. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, any other trivia or is that it? It was 2017, oh, was by the way. Seventeen. Yeah. 17. Very good, very good.
0: Hey, can, can I just piggyback on Dave's uh, lotting of the 2020 draft? Something sure. we put I put in the Slack today I thought was very interesting. CBS just did a redraft of the the, 200, the 2020 draft, and three Steelers were in the first round. I originally thought it was only two because I thought it was impressive that. Uh, Let's see, the guy that went at number 49, Chase Claypool, was at number 15 for the Broncos. At number 25, they had Highsmith going to Minnesota, and at number 26, they had Kevin Dotson going to the Miami Dolphins, which that's pretty good when you can have,
1: when you don't have a number one (laughs) three first Three first-round picks without having a first-round pick.
0: Yeah, so that... That, you can't
1: you can't bank on that every year. And everyone's like, no. oh, well, you can always find a real, you can find a Kevin Dodson in round four. You don't always find no. a Kevin Dodson in round four. No, you appreciate what you got right now.
3: And I, I do talk about that on my show that I do that I can't mention anymore <laughs> on the show. So make sure you might check that out at another date and time. Ride or die, baby. Ride <laughs> or die, baby. <laughs> All right, I wanted to finish out the show with of our, instead of final thoughts, uh, today, Thursday, February 11th, is the 20th, 20 year anniversary of three river stadium being boom imploded. Uh, and that it was a sad day, but it was also just a disgusting structure. I mean, it looked awful. Those nasty concrete, just circles. They were the theme back then in the late seventies and in the the seventies and eighties, you know, the vet and what was the one in Cincinnati? Riverfront. Riverfront. Yeah. They were, they all looked the same. So stadium. Yep. So there was a lot of memories though. From that stadium for a lot of different reasons. I wanted to give everyone a chance. I wrote this article for the website Thursday. Uh, Brian, go ahead. What's your favorite memory from Three River Stadium? Well,
0: I've got to say, uh, July of 1980, I I went to my first pirates game with my dad, and the Y the YMCA had a group called the Indian Guides, and we all went. And I got the plastic gold helmet, um, the batting helmet, and my dad over the next couple of years got me every team and I still have them to this day. I played with them all the time. They're beat up, but I have every single major league baseball team from then. Um, But that was my, that was my greatest memory as far as going with my dad. Then December 5th of 82 was my first Steeler game with my dad. Um, I have been to a number of AFC championship games. The one, the one at three river stadium that I went to, they lost to the Broncos. I went to Game Seven of a uh, of the NLCS in 1991, and they lost to the Braves four to one. You so at, I, he that game, that, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, w- I, it was boy, it was really disappointing. But they're great memories that I I was there. I was at Barry Bonds' last game as a Pittsburgh Pirate, Game Five of the uh, 1992 nlcs where they came bob walk pitch they came back to win there are so many great memories um just i've been on that field i've uh and like you said it was kind of a gross structure one thing that i mentioned in my factor fiction article that's coming up is the water stains on the field and you had those cars those old cars parked i don't know who drove those cars but they were always there but the thing about it is it was just, it was special because of what was made in that field, the memories that were made, everything that happened. Now, probably, probably, you know, the greatest memory was uh, something I watched on TV. And that would be something I'm sure you guys are going to take, but it was an AFC championship game. So I'm not going to say too much about that, but there were so many great things that happened there when that thing imploded, I was sick. Somebody brought me like a picture of like a four tier picture of uh of it happening and being imploded. I took it down. I mean, I couldn't put it up because it, it it's like it's like putting up a picture of your grandfather dying. And that that's how special that place is for me. When I was growing up, I was all sports. That was my Mecca. You know what I mean? That was my holy place. It was Three Rivers Stadium. I love Heinz Field. Heinz Field, PNC Park, they're awesome. They're incredible. Um, what? But this, this place was the ultimate for me. One more memory that I, I didn't get a chance to uh, say. I talked to you guys about this uh, off camera. I have been to Steeler Games, Pirate Games. I even got to see the Penguins at Three River Stadium. They didn't play hockey. But in 1992... For the parade, it rained like crazy. They had to move the parade, the championship parade, into Three River Stadium. I was on the third base side. That place, I mean, you know, they pulled those those stands out. And they weren't, they didn't feel stable. And you felt like you were on a wave because they were just bouncing up and down like crazy. Everyone was partying. Trotch, Brian Trottier, he took the uh, trophy. He's running and doing slides on the... Uh, infield on the tarp it was it was just an amazing thing so i got to see my three favorite sports teams perform there in some kind of way and i will never forget that i had that place in my life i grew up on three river stadium and it's always going to be the confluence of the monongahela
3: of the allegheny and the ohio well said what about you dave three river stadium stories any
1: never been to a Steelers game or never was at a Steelers game. My brother was, um, he talked about that, um, with the, with our, um, Christmas memories. So I never saw the Steelers or any, or my association with them is not three river stadium. You know, I know they played there. i watched them plenty on TV, but to me, a stadium isn't, doesn't mean anything to you until you've been there. So for those of you that I know that are, that are watching and listening, that are not from the Pittsburgh area, not even from the anywhere on the East Coast, and you've never been to Pittsburgh and actually seen these stadiums. It means so much more if you've actually been there. Now I've been to Three Rivers, so but all my Three Rivers, I always associate that with the Pirates. I have never watched the Pirates play anywhere other than in Three River Stadium because no. the last Pirate game I ever attended was at Three River Stadium, and I was on the third base side. I was with a with a group from school, although it was the summer. We were there as a school group, and I, in order to watch, we're like, "Well, oh, who's playing? Who's pitching?" And I'm like, "Oh, someone we've never heard of," but we watched them because it was the major league debut of knuckleball knuckleballer Tim, Tim Wakefield. Timmy, Timmy Wakefield. You started with the Pirates, and I was there, and I saw that first game. And we are like – I didn't even know he was a knuckleballer until afterwards. We're like, that makes sense because I'm like, this guy's not throwing very hard. Why is he striking everybody out? This is crazy. So, But, uh, but yeah, he had a lot of strikeouts that game too. I, I can't remember exactly how many.
3: Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm like Dave. So growing up, uh, Stealer tickets were hard to come by. My family didn't have a ton of money. And they were also always really expensive compared to Pirates because the Pirates had 81 home games, and so you could get tickets cheap. Uh, My Little League team went up there. I remember standing on the turf in the outfield during the seventh inning stretch just looking up, being like, oh, my gosh, this place is huge. Um, And then uh, I'll never forget my uncle was a salesman, and he got my brother and I into the dugout at three river stadium is the pirates were getting ready to play the Philadelphia Phillies. And I got to go back into the locker rooms. And as I'm turning to go into the pirates locker room, there's my, my hero growing up who I used to, I normally have a poster behind me of Andy Vance. Like he was my favorite player of all time. And those that those pirate teams had some great players. I didn't like bonds. That was my brother. I was a Vance like guy. Give me the guy that never wore batting gloves that played hard, that wasn't the most gifted player, but he just was gritty. And he said, oh, hey, kid. And I'm like, oh, he signed my ball, and he signed my ball. I still have that baseball. And uh, that was a great memory for me. I remember the pirate parrot acting like a freaking buffoon on top of the dugouts during the game to keep the kids entertained. Um, And I actually, in the article I wrote today for the website, you can check it out, I found the Pirates rally train YouTube clip, what they used to play on the jumbotron at three rivers, where when they needed a bucko rally, that was, those were my memories of three river stadium though. I mean, it was baseball and people might not realize this when I was a kid. Was for like what I am now with the Steelers, I was that for the pirates. When I grew up, I was a baseball fanatic. I watched the Steelers every Sunday and I was, it was the 94 team that really got me enthralled with the football, but I was, I was baseball so much longer before that. That 90, those 91 and 92 pirate teams, I can probably tell you the entire rotation, the entire lineup. I just, Chico leaned and Spanky Lavalier and Don da- Slot and Jeff King and Jay Bell. I had a friend that still would always twiddle his fingers when he held the bat because that's what Jay Bell did. And so it was just, it was, it was crazy. And I, I was sad when Three River Stadium was imploded. It is nice knowing though that like PNC Park is. Awesome. Dave, go to a game. Like seriously, go to a game. Amazing. It is the best ballpark. It's I so would, beautiful.
1: I just honestly, I don't even watch base. I didn't watch one pitch. You don't have to. Sure. You no, can just matter. sit there and just
3: make sure you sit on the third base side and you can stare at the, the skyline and just be like, oh, that crappy baseball team's out there too. Yep. Um, and then also for those that have never been to Heinz Field, that is a great place yes. to watch the game. I've been there, I think, three times. Um, wish I could get there more, but honestly, they were it, it's just a I think Pittsburgh did it right. Uh, They didn't go for a mega structure. So Heinz field is still considered one of the smaller, newer stadiums in the NFL and PNC park doesn't hold a lot, but they did them right. They're beautiful. Uh, They definitely bring in a lot of the culture of the city. Um, So there's some good memories there of three river stadium and the stadiums uh, and what they mean to us. So hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did Uh, gentlemen. uh, Thank you for the show. Uh, It's been a good one. We will see you all next Thursday for another episode of the Steelers Preview. What we'll talk about, who knows? Dave, why don't you send us out?
2: Hey.
3: There you go. We'll see you next week, everyone. Anatomy of an ad.
2: Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.
3: Define an opportunity.
2: Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now.
1: Identify a problem.
2: Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI.